0: Kia ora and welcome to the Kaka. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast. that goes out with an email newsletter to paid subscribers in which I talk about the three big issues for Aotearoa New Zealand, which I think are housing unaffordability, climate change inaction and child poverty reduction, all of which I think are connected and able to be dealt with uh, with one set of solutions around transport and housing. So it's worth having a look at what's happening with housing affordability and in particular house prices. Now you may have heard in the last couple of days people talk about negative equity. This is where house prices fall so much that a first home buyer who's put, let's say, a 20% deposit down would see that deposit evaporate when house prices fall 20%. And in some parts of the country, particularly the bleeding edge markets of Auckland City and Wellington City, we have seen prices fall 15 to 20%. And there's some concern, uh, and we're seeing some reports, that people are worried about negative equity. Now the implication is that if someone's in negative equity, if they're underwater, then the bank might either kick them out, Or people might just say, okay, I've had enough of this, I've lost all my money, I'm walking out. And that's because back in the global financial crisis, that's actually what happened in some places. Spain, Ireland, the United States saw house prices fall 20, 30 percent. And people who had put down deposits suddenly saw them evaporate. In some United States states, states that are called non-recourse states, You're actually allowed, once you've lost all your equity in a home and you're underwater, to send the keys back to the bank. And it's the bank's problem then. The bank isn't allowed to chase you to keep paying the interest on the mortgage. And in places like Spain and Ireland, the banks were so stressed because they'd lost their money in the global financial crisis that they kicked people out in advance of further falls on house prices because they feared that they would themselves lose lots of money. So you saw preemptive mortgagee sales, people being deliberately kicked out even if they hadn't missed their payments, but because the equity they had in the house went below certain thresholds. So the implication or the suggestion is that something like that might happen here. And all of those people who bought as first home buyers, particularly in the second half of last year, might suddenly see their deposits, often saved at great pain and over great periods of time, evaporate, and that banks might kick them out. Well, let's have a closer look at that. Uh, and the reason I'm having a closer look is because TV1, One, One News, asked me to appear on the One News Breakfast show today with. Jenny May Clarkson, to talk about negative equity. And you will have seen some reports over the last week or so from CoreLogic, which look to estimate that around about 500 first-home buyers might be in a negative equity situation if house prices fell 20%, which is what the Reserve Bank forecast last week. And there's also a story from Gerard and Can. at Stuff on the front page there today talking about this issue of negative equity. So it sounds like a big problem, but let's look a a bit more closely at the real issue here. So the core logic is saying there might be 500 people who bought with perhaps a 20% deposit in the last year or so who might be underwater. So what happens then if they are underwater? Would the bank kick them out? No. Our banks are in much stronger positions than the American, Spanish and Irish banks were during 2008-2009. They're also in much stronger positions than they were themselves during 2008-2009. The amount of equity, the sort of reserves that the banks have, is about double what it was here uh, in 2008-2009. And it's about quadruple the amount of equity that those Spanish Irish and American banks had back in 2008-2009. So our banks are not in any sort of nervous condition to start kicking people out. Also, we don't have those non-recourse rules that the Americans had. You can't just send your keys back to the bank in New Zealand and be able expect to be able to walk out of the house and not have to keep paying the mortgage. Uh, you're more than likely to have the bank call you up and say that they've found your keys and would you like to to have them back because you'll need them for your house, because you'll need somewhere to live while you keep paying the mortgage to the bank. And also, of course, we have 3.3% unemployment. So anyone who took out a mortgage in the last year or so was most probably working or had some form of independent income, otherwise they wouldn't have gotten the mortgage and probably a pretty good income. Because the banks don't just lend people money if they don't think it can be repaid and there isn't an income to base it on. So most people who borrowed money in the last year probably had joint incomes of well over $150,000. And also, unlike the initial impression, where the idea is that a lot of first home buyers stretch themselves to the absolute max and borrow right up to the hilt. And therefore, a rise in mortgage rates, which is what we've had over the last year, would push them over the edge. And remember, mortgage rates have risen from about 2% to 5.5%, so that is a lot. But you've got to remember that banks only lend you money if you can afford to pay at a serviceability threshold or test rate of something like 6 7 in fact almost 8% now. That means that you couldn't get the money to start with unless you could afford to keep paying the mortgage if interest rates were already 6.5%. So when interest rates go from 2% to 5.5%, it's already been assessed that you can handle it just fine. Now that's if your income didn't change at all. But of course we know from StatsNZ that household incomes for people aged between 25 and 45 have actually risen on a weekly basis by 10 to 15 percent over the last year and you may ask well how's that possible because I thought wages were only rising 3 or 4 percent per hour and that's true but remember a lot of uh, people in those age groups are in higher skilled professions where they, their wages are rising faster where there's more competition for talent and also they're more than likely working longer hours and there are more people per household who are working. Because at 3.3% unemployment, uh, people are able to work longer hours, get overtime and go from part-time to full-time because there's plenty of demand. So there's not going to be a problem with income to pay the mortgage. And because the banks don't need to kick anyone out uh, because they've got plenty of uh, a equity themselves and are in no position to panic, that's not going to happen. So of those 500 people who are in a position of having negative equity, only the ones who are forced to sell by other for other reasons will be in trouble. And the most obvious other reasons are divorce or relationship breakdown or death. So if you look at the chances of divorce and or death for that 500 people or so, you're looking at around about 10 people in the entire country. And that actually tallies up with what we see in the mortgagee statistics, which show that in the three months to the end of January, there were a total right across New Zealand. Remember, there are 1.6 million households, 5 million people living in New Zealand. There were a total of six count them, one, two, three, four, five, six mortgagee sales in those three months to the end of January. In effect, one every two weeks across the country. So I'm saying that the chances of mortgagee sales, forced mortgagee sales in New Zealand, are likely to be at around about 10 or less than 10 for the whole year across the entire country. That is not a problem. And that's why I'm saying that a 20% fall in house prices is not the existential threat to NZ Inc that many people might expect. And the headlines you're seeing, which suggest concern, are not a concern, particularly once house prices start bouncing. Now I might hear you say, ah, but why do you think house prices will bounce? Will bounce? They seem to be in freefall at the moment. And all I hear about is higher mortgage rates and potential for a recession and overpriced housing. Surely there's more for them to go. Well, that would be true if interest rates were still rising, but they're not. They've been falling for the last couple of months because inflation is now falling globally. And when you also look at what's happening with the economy, all the economists that I follow and, and looking at the various indicators show we are unlikely to have a recession here. Although there is cha- there are chances growing of a recession in the United States and in Europe and potentially even in China. But that, that is simply reducing the inflationary pressures and keeping pressure down on mortgage rates. Also... We're starting to see the banks come out of their shell. Uh, the Tony Alexander survey of mortgage brokers for August found the highest proportion of banks willing to lend more since November 2020. And the highest proportion of first home buyer inquiries for more than a year. So first home buyers are coming back into the market and so are the banks. And, of course, the amount of new supply hitting the market is starting to fall away because fewer people are looking to build new houses, and there has been a fall in new construction confidence. So the amount of supply coming to the market is not as great as some might have expected. The other thing to watch is that, of course, we have the potential for a change of government in the next year and a half or so. And the national government, the national opposition has said that if they win government, they will remove the various uh, uh, tax increases that have been put on landlords to make housing more attractive, which is likely to see house prices bounce. So my view is that house prices are bouncing by the end of next year, with the potential for a significant bounce the day after the election, if there is a change of government, and with mortgage rates not rising anymore and with continued low unemployment. People won't have to wait long before that 20% price fall is removed by a bounce in house prices. There we have it. That's my daily podcast that goes out with my daily email newsletter via the kaka. I'm Bernard Hickey.